today's episode of Intuition Your First Sense, I have a guest, and her name is Barbara De La Torre. I met her through an introduction uh, via podcasting community and all of that. And I know I said I was only going to have the guests on that I have known that have been in my community for years. And that's still true. And if I could get some of these people and my friends to commit to time, I'll get their buns on here. But I also reserve the right to bring people on that I get excited about or I feel inspired by. And also that will bring you the information that I am just not qualified to speak on. And Barbara is a medical doctor, an acupuncturist, and a Qigong uh, student master, Reiki master. And she's really combined what we would consider Western medicine, Eastern medicine, with a way of helping people to listen to themselves intuitively. So you know I love that. And I wanted to bring her on because I think it's important that we share resources when we know of those that can help. And I feel like Barbara's humor, her capability, and you know her history and experience that she speaks the language of our Western medicine. And often we can really use a translator. And much like I translate the energy or intuitive hits for you and help you to understand how to better listen and to apply them, I feel like she's doing uh, amazing work in helping people navigate and uh, empower themselves. So give a listen and let me know what you think. And I appreciate you being here and hope you're doing well. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Intuition Your First Sense. This is, of course, Vicki. And I have the pleasure of having Barbara De La Torre on today. And we connected through the way most people are doing now, through email, through, hey, I listen to your podcast. I have a podcast. Uh, and just the connectivity of energy that comes through in the email, I knew, oh, yeah, you can slide through on this one because I'm not doing a lot of interviews this year. Uh, so it's I'm excited. I'm excited because you'll hear shortly when I give her a moment to actually speak. Um, the subject matter is so important to where we are now in humanity. And I feel like for our own healing and then she's a lot of fun. So uh, what you can't see is she has a shirt on with baby Yoda. So come on, it's all good. So Barbara, thank you for joining all of us. And those <laughs> that will listen later, I, I tend to think of them all in the room with me. Um, and for being willing to bring what you're doing, your education and your energy into our humble little podcast. So can you give us a few words? First of all, Vicki, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And hi, everybody. My name is Barbara Dilatory, and I am first and foremost an artist who then became a physician who's now become an artist and healer. And that's really the summary. So I am a medical doctor. I'm an acupuncturist. But all along the way, I've been a creator. And I'm moving back into my essence, into like who I am. So have you seen a shift or do you kind of feel like an outlier in this that you're uh, bringing and merging the world of 
healing and older medicine of Eastern with the Western, with the creativity that I think is required because we're not all carbon copies of each other. Like, do you feel like that's happening more? I think now more than ever, I totally agree with you 100%. I think that we are seeing people waking up, you know, and just not just waking up, but just hitting a wall. And then you have no choice but to move in a different direction because it won't go anywhere. So they have to go left, right or backwards or wherever. (laughs) So they they're just there's a discovering that the systems that we have right now in place, they're all suffering in some way and they're not serving our needs. Mm -hmm. They never really have. We're just figuring that out. And all along the way, I've, you know, since I was a kid, I've been exposed to both an and rather either or, Mm -hmm. which is something that Mm -hmm. comes up more and more that we can have the existence of something and not the existence of something at the same time. So we have choices on how we can be healthy, how we can live well, and not just live long, but live well and live happy and as ourselves. Mm -hmm. So yes, absolutely. I think it's happening more and more. But as that happens, there's more resistance. Yes. Yeah. I recently found a wonderful deal for myself. Um, and one of her first comments when I said, well, I'm an intuitive life coach. She goes, oh, man, I need you. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I love you already. That meant to me that she's doing like this disawakening, this awareness, like she has maybe felt that pushed up against the wall, felt the, I want to expand. I want to connect with truth that's inside. And, you know, I feel like those of you artists that uh, went into medical and then connect back with the artistry and the creativity, well, you're using all your shockers. That's the type of person that can I used to call them my bridges, like you would bridge the worlds because you understand both sides and you can translate the language often, you know, between even if, well, I don't want to get into speculation, but to help those who are confused about, well, wait a minute, we've been led to always believe if they had a white coat, believe everything about them. And yet they're humans and, you know, have all of their own stuff. So I don't, I'm not a blame the system kind of chick. I'm more of a, it's growing, it's expanding too. And how can we help? So, right. And we can't look at it as uh, black and white anymore because right. the world isn't that way. We aren't that way. We are just such elegant creatures, right? We each have our own soul and purpose and sacredness. And that has to get tapped into in the health industry, in the healthcare world. Doctors, nurses, all these healthcare workers who we see as these white coats and as people who don't feel are suffering. And I'm speaking for them too, more than anything else, because I've been there and my mother was there. She was a doctor as well. So I carry this legacy of looking at it differently. So even before med school, I knew about Chinese medicine and that was both a blessing and a curse. In the end, it's, it's awesome. Mm -hmm. But when you go through a system that wants you to fit in or blame and shame, which a lot of systems work that way in order to maintain their own homeostasis, we end up, you know, you think you're alienated. And so, yes, the answer is I have been an alien my whole life (laughs) now um, and proud. And and the the fact is, is now that is flowering and just becoming uh, it's living the purpose that I was meant to live. Right. So I went through all these things for a reason. Yeah. And 
there are certain things that I want to share with the world on how health can be not scary, not forever. Mm -hmm. These are things that we're led to believe, Mm -hmm. right? Belief is a lot, right? Thoughts are energy, thoughts Mm -hmm. are vibration, you know, all these things that we talk about. And we've seen waves of these wonderful movements. and, And you and I can probably talk a lot about that where, oh, the 90s was a huge decade, right? The early 90s where all these thoughts about molecules of emotion by Candace Pert and all these wonderful thinkers that were trying to bridge. So I have been that bridge for a long time because I've lived in two worlds. You have no choice but to either split apart or bridge it. Right. And so first it was out of necessity and now it's out of this in- intense joy that I want to do for others, right? And carry them with me because I'm not walking around as this Oh, look at me in this perfect life. It's not an Instagram life. I'm taking people with me on this journey as I continue to do this for myself mm-hmm. and learn lessons along the way. And that I, that's that authenticity, right? Like I feel like all I've said this so many times <laughs> should be my bumper sk- sticker that we all have intuition. We all come in with it. You know, hello, your first sense, the name of the podcast, but we get like pulled away from it and not always intentionally, you know, I, I, I think there's just a lack of knowing and a lack of guidance. You know, my parents certainly didn't know how to help me with that. So I feel like as we emerge and we grow and we expand cute little molecules that we are, uh, this stuff, the information and people like yourself who are like, okay, I know you heard this and I know you know this and have and have you considered this um, and can I help you here? But living in that authenticity of, listen, I've tried this, I've tried that and um, let me help you. Let me just give you, it's kind of like the bumpers and bowling, right? Like everybody has to make their own decision, but we really need those directors and stuff to help us. Can you uh, help us? understand or just tell a story of you of how you've connected and and remained a bridge for yourself because that is not easy work like that is very challenging even if you're not in the medical profession it's challenging so you I would imagine you bring that compassion in and that understanding so can you give us some insight you said your mom was a doctor and Without tapping in, I can feel her energy of uh, maybe her own confusion and then your processing of that, too. What is it that leads you from the heart space, from your own experience to help others? That's a great question. I would first start by saying that I think going into my own depths of doubt and really searching for my identity and my purpose on this earth is what drives me. And and that has to start, you have to start inward, right? So that's where where I started. And I've I've been doing that in I would call them blips in my life, right? Not it's not this continuous, I'm becoming this sage. You know, it's it, I want to kind of take away that whole facade of what we see in the health and wellness industry. And I'll go back to me. I'm not avoiding the question. No, here I know this. Right. But here the what you see people doing on Instagram or in social media or on these shows or these best-selling books, there are very big books that are not full of much at all. Do you know what I mean? I do. And and they say, oh, if you just do this, 
you'll be great. If you do this, you'll be great. And like a protocol, you know, like, like we do in medicine in Western medicine. Mm-hmm. If you follow this protocol, this person should get better. We've identified what it is. But guess what? We're all unique. So that's why we're built with these sort of inner doctor messages. And that's the six senses, right? This, the intuition is the most important. Mm-hmm. We have it. We're born with it and we lose it. And so I started to get it back probably in my early 40s. And I'm 50 now. I'll share that because I'm really excited. 50 is like a really cool year. Um, in my I, favorite decade, I have to tell you. I know. I know. It's the, um, is it okay to swear? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. It's the, I don't give a shit decade. <laughs> so I am, I am so excited about, and the way Chinese medicine refers to uh, that stage in a woman's life, you know, the, the, not the first 50, but the next 50 years is known as the second spring. Mm-hmm. So we can look at it as a decline or as a chance to be a kid again, a chance to tap into our intuition, a, ch- a, ta- a chance to tap into the five senses. So in my early forties, I, I hit some dirt with my health, right? The the idea that I could do it all was not happening anymore. My mom had just died probably about two years before that, mm-hmm. so when I was 38. And at, I think, 40 or 41, I started to get a few health issues, you know, problems with like pulling. I was a very athletic person most of my life, and I was pulling ligaments, tendons, you name it, just getting these injuries that are just not supposed to happen because my brain's still 20 and I was wanting to do right. <laughs> So I'm like, what's going on? And then I, the other stuff that was happening was it, and on, on an emotional level, my glass was getting more full of what I had capacity for. And there are a lot of ways we can talk about that. We can call it any type of emotional imbalance. I prefer imbalance over mental illness, for example, because that's what we all have. We're in a spectrum of where we can be. Mm-hmm. So I was starting to to get more anxious about things. I was at a, a job that was very demanding. And at the time, I remember I was delivering babies at the time. And, I, and, and that was, to me, to this day, is still one of the most precious experiences I've ever had, was to welcome a new soul. Exactly. into this world, right? I'm the first to see them. <laughs> it's so exciting, kind of selfish, but cool. Anyway, so I, I go and, and I'm I'm at these deliveries. And one of the things that I've always been proud of is the strength of my hands. And in making sculpture or in doing procedures in medicine, or, you know, working with them, they were an expression of who I am. And I was starting to get tendonitis in the hands and shaking tremors. All these things were happening. And with my Chinese medicine background, I knew that was not good. Mm-hmm. Lab tests showed nothing. Western medicine, I knew, <laughs> was not going to diagnose anything. Mm-hmm. But in Chinese medicine, I was in trouble. So I decided, okay, I'm going to slow down. I'm not going to do obstetrics anymore because it does require use of your hands to deliver a baby. Yeah. yeah. And I then I remember this very well. There were three different people who did not know each other who told me the same thing within one month. Tell me if that's not the universe saying something. Rule of three. Rule of three. (laughs) First person says, hey, I think you need to see this Qigong master. I was like, oh, okay, sure. And then the next person tells me, hey, I think you should see so-and-so. They don't know each other. Tells me the same thing. And then a third person told me that. And I thought, okay, before that gets like racked up to like a knock on the head, I better go see this person because right. hints are subtle at first and then they're not. Yes. I and so I, by fours. <laughs> right. Right. I was like, I prefer flower petals over two at first. <laughs> so I, I went to see her and it, it was a very 
it's really hard to describe this experience because it's it's nonverbal, but I'll do my best. I'm in the room and the first time you see a Qigong master, and, and I'll just say what Qigong is, it's it's a branch of Chinese medicine that predates acupuncture. It's about 5,000 years old. Okay, let's start there. Right. And, uh, and just like pause and say, oh, wow. Okay. So I, I thought, all right. And I was trained in acupuncture. And again, what we know about Chinese medicine is that acupuncture is that's it. But Chinese medicine is a whole constellation of branches of ways of healing. And the most sacred one, the very first was Qigong. Think of it as acupuncture without needles. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's energy work. Mm-hmm. It's movement based. It's still based. It's meditation based. But if someone is so cultivated, and this is like what you talk about with your show with intuition, you've got to cultivate that intuition. Same thing is true for Qigong because Gong means cultivation of Qi. Mm. That's why Qigong has the name. I didn't know that. And you cannot have good, great flowing chi without cultivating it. So it's not a one and done. And so I, I totally resonate with you when you talk about intuition on your show. So I, I I go to see this lady who has cultivated her chi to the extent that she not only does it for herself, she does it for others. So these are what are called qigong sessions. So I go in, I'm not even allowed to tell her a thing. Right? I love that. Oh my gosh. And I'm thinking, oh, she really does know what's going on with me. Shit. You know, so she, so I sit there, (laughs) (laughs) she reads my chi and I knew she was going to tell me what I already knew. And I was very afraid that if I didn't do anything about my health, I would not be on this earth in five years. I had that feeling. Mm -hmm. And my mother died young of brain cancer at 62. And here I am, you know, at 40, I think it was 42 when I saw her. And I remember thinking, okay, wait for it. So she tells me all these things that you would need measurements for. Your blood pressure is too low. You have what's called liver chi stagnation, which is fairly common. Uh, To put it just simply, liver chi stagnation is how stress affects your body. Okay. And it can affect your organs and it affects you in a mind, body, spirit way. So I'm there. I'm on the table. I receive treatment with Qigong. And I remember her telling me, very not in a angry way, but she said it in a way that said, "You really need to, you need to change." And I got it, mm-hmm. and I haven't looked back. Mm. And that's often, I think, the reflection that's required, and maybe even permission. You know, when someone who doesn't know you at all, uh, who's, you know, obviously qualified in their their uh, skill set, is able to look at you and feel you and see you, you know, and, and be that, I think, messenger that we already know it, right? You knew it, but it's I don't know, somewhat a permission place to, yeah, okay, now I get to step forth and I get to figure out what it is, like, and how I'm changing and, or like you said, and both, mm-hmm. you didn't have to completely leave medicine you just had to figure out what was your chi like how are you going to fill it light up your chi how are you going to have your life force energy to flow to to shine and that takes cultivation right and and we're not talking she tells me to change and i i change to a keto diet and i'm great you know (laughs) it's not like that it is it takes time because how many years did it take for me to get to that place How many years does it take all of us to get to that place where we are at that wall and we have to say, all right, 
am I going to keep going like this or am I going to flow with what is natural for my healing? Because we have those inner healing capabilities. And again, and I agree. And as you said, I'm not abandoning Western medicine. Western medicine has really awesome qualities about it, especially with rescuing people. They're great. Yeah. Great. But our jobs, because the system cannot accommodate all of us being rescued, our job is to rescue ourselves and to bring ourselves up to a higher level of vibration to live well and live healthy. Mm -hmm. And it can't happen when we're in this low state. So we have to bring ourselves up. And there are ways of explaining it in Western medicine, in Eastern medicine, when we talk about intuition, when we talk about other, there's so many different messengers have this same message. We have just different ways of doing it. Mm-hmm. And and that's where we can have and and both. And that's why the bridge for me feels natural because mm-hmm. I've had to create my own bridge. And so I've done that with art. I've done that with medicine. I practiced acupuncture and Western medicine when I was in the corporate medical world. And I even went out on my own a little bit to do that. But I decided it's much more important that I educate people, that I teach people how to fish. It's very important. Mm-hmm. We are, This is a critical time. Anytime we have crisis, there's an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And that's the way I see it. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's what I'm seeing in my world is this willingness and that's exciting. You know, you of course feel for people because we've, we can empathize because we've been there when they're hitting that proverbial wall. But that to me is like, okay, opportunity, get the sawzall out. We'll put a door in like we, this, you don't have to keep banging your head, get this massive concussion, you know, about and keep repeating patterns. But so it, it doesn't have to be a, it doesn't all have to be a monumental task. I feel like a lot of the times when we talk about stuff like this, people feel like they're not up to it because they're already low, right? So this, mm-hmm. but this is the cultivation process you're talking about in that you have five minutes to breathe in a day, you know, yeah. what are the, what are the, I call them micro movements? Like what are the, those micro movements that you can do that then add up um, so that, you can listen to that voice that came in with you, you know, as your soul's message and as your intuitive self uh, to guide, you know, so that each being would be my complete joy that each person <laughs> was able to hear their vibration, able to hear what it is that brings them joy and then bring that out into the world you know, so that we can talk about cultivation, you know, how fun would that be if everybody was in the vibrational? Oh my gosh. If that, if not even if, when that happens, that'll be great. And, you know, want to hold that space for that. But, you know, because the idea that we, we make excuses, especially when we are in that lower state, because we don't, we don't sense or experience those possibilities. Mm-hmm. And it just takes and, and sometimes we don't see the changes because that's what we're used to. Western thought is about seeing is believing. Yeah. Eastern thought is you're already on your way. <laughs> it's different. And it's it's circular. And it, this circular causality also is in place. And everything that we're doing matters. Those 10 minutes of breathing you're doing a day may not make a difference in your lab values or how you feel at the moment. But let me tell you, it's working at the root level that you're already working on. Mm-hmm. And that will, and just the way the seasons work, it's very much like nature. You know, winter, we think, okay, spring is March 21st. No, no, it's not March 21st. It's happening before. Mm-hmm. 
you start to see the buds. You may not even see what the roots are doing, but it's happening. Mm -hmm. So that's what it takes. It takes that cultivation to get to that place, just like you would train for a marathon or you would train to get a degree. Right. You don't just read one book right. to know something. You have to read several. That's that's what I'm talking about. And it has to be, and it, should, it can be fun too. It does not have to be miserable. It, yeah. Hello, right? <laughs> it, it, it is. That's, you know, people have said I sometimes I'm irreverent and I'm like, but I'm not. What I'm doing is I'm feeling that frequency that is spirit, that is intuitive joy. And in my application of my irreverence, showing you what it could look like. And you do you in your way. But that raising of the frequency, because honestly, just decided the other way wasn't helping me, you know, being all stressed out and worrying about everything and feeling like I had to run the whole world. You know, those were old trauma responses. Mm-hmm. Um, and I recognize now, you know, I, well, as I did my process, I recognized it and I was like, oh, okay, that's what that was. <laughs> I, you know, because I was very efficient as at a kid at balancing the energy in our house without knowing I was doing it. So it can be exciting, I think, to develop and understand these skill sets that we have that may have, because of conditioning or need or messaging may have been applied in other areas, right? But they don't have to be. So it can, like you're saying, it can be exciting. And I think it, as teachers, we ought to bring that excitement too with the, yeah, you're going to cry. You're going to be mad. You're going to throw something. You're going to swear. That's completely spiritual. Um, (laughs) You're you're going to have relationships that end. And that's a frequency difference. You know, these things are going to happen. And it's amazing that it's happening. So it does take not digging up that seedling, like giving it time (laughs) to show up. Right. Because like, I, I, by the way, I'm not good at growing carrots. Like, that's just one thing I will put out there that I tried and I thought, oh, this is going to be great. And I see the leaves coming out and I pulled the carrot. And it's this little stumpy thing, you know, <laughs> so I thought, OK, someone else can do that for me. I will buy them. Not my talent. Because he can't have the, the carrot, but he likes the tops. So. Right. so that's okay. Somebody else can specialize in carrots. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So, but, but we can specialize in some very basic things. Mm-hmm. All of us have that capability to do that. We can specialize in breathing. We can specialize in emotional balance, which is, again, a cultivation and a mindset and a practice. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we can also manage what we eat. And how we eat, we can manage how we sleep and when we sleep. These are some pretty basic things. Now, I I want to exclude anyone who's in a situation where they're not able to sleep well, eat well because of circumstances. Mm-hmm. But their mindset is not under anyone else's control. Mm-hmm. It can start somewhere, and their breathing is in their control. Mm-hmm. So even if it's gratitude for I can take two steps today, mm-hmm. that is a root. That is planting. You're growing the root before the plant grows. And one of the things that I, um, I guess, offer as a, a view when I'm working with someone, when they say I can't do any of this, is that, well, you might have been told that or you might have been led to believe you can't, um, except that there's this, this amazing soul that's sitting in front of me 
that has language and maybe it's the languaging we work on. I find a lot of the times it's the ability to describe an emotion, you know, happy, mad, sad. That's what we've got, right? <laughs> and with the ability to describe an emotion um, and, and leads, I think, to the uh, opening up of the heart chakra, of the power centers, to be able to say, oh, I can feel that. And I, maybe because part of my thing is the nuances in emotions, like I can feel like between the philo dough, you know, the emotions in between there. And I'm like, could it be that <laughs> perhaps we are talking about frustration rather than anger or, you know, or let's let anger be there. Uh, but all of these things, if we think of them, one of the things I'll offer is the excitement of it. Like when we were first learning, we didn't necessarily have the excitement of learning, right? You, you, you did it and there were new things and yay, I did it like the little kid. But you can have that as the adult, and, and I think the celebration of all that, I know it raises our vibration. Um, I feel like the more we encourage, like, good job, you connected to that emotion you're having. Can you name that emotion? Not necessarily sit in your shit, but can you name that emotion? And then can we move it along, like moving the energy through like qigong or acupuncture and stuff like when i when i'm i see my acupuncturist every other week and when i see him um i'm like okay there goes that energy (laughs) (laughs) and he's we have a good relationship he's like you're so weird (laughs) but he (laughs) he like totally gets gleeful you know about it because i can feel the energy moving through so by the way that's not weird at all that's wonderful that's like that's music to an acupuncturist's ears to hear you know where your energy is going. That's awesome. Yeah, that is like when I suggest acupuncture to people, I'm like, let the acupuncturist do their work. Like, let them do the work. Receive, be there. Now, I want to. I want to say there is something important that if you that I would recommend adding to tell clients about this. I, this is how I work with clients too. They they are. I teach them how to be very discerning in who works on them. Exactly. And not on them, but with them. And even acupuncturists are susceptible to not having all their shit together. Okay. So you have to make sure that their energy is aligned so that you feel comfortable and safe and that they get consent from you, not just with the piece of paper that they sign in the beginning, but every visit. It's really important. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up because this is something that, you know, I admittedly don't talk enough about. I'm, I'm very picky about who's in my energy field. And it's not only when we're in ser- going to services, right? It's not only when we're showing up for an appointment. It can be that, you know, family member that's tapping in or, you know, your energy field being affected because of the news or because of something else going on. So you're absolutely correct that be discerning and trust your intuition. And even if you've made the appointment and something tells you this is not cool and it's not just bailing on something, but like it, it maybe ask questions, but it's okay to say this is not the right time or this doesn't feel like it's an alignment. I've, I took a couple Reiki classes where, cause I, I keep taking it with different people um, because I like to learn. I, I like how other people teach. I want to experience it. And there were a couple of people in in one of the classes that were like, I'm going to work on you now. I said, you did not ask. Exactly. You, you not- have to ask. 
You have to have permission. Even if you're doing distance work, you have to have permission, right? right? There's no assumption. There's no deceiving people. And, Mm -hmm. and the, when we don't have the senses to, to know because our gut is not always on our side, Mm -hmm. if our senses are not honed in. And if they are, and as they develop, because that's one of the things that energy work or any type of intuitive work does, is it helps you really trust your your senses that you came into this world with. Kids are really good at it. Kids are like, I'm hungry. I'm tired. I'm mad. I'm not mad anymore. You know, I mean, they can say these things. I want to go play. Will you be my friend? I mean, they're just amazing masters at this. And we lose that ability. But I just want to take away that that, um, sometimes there's a bias that it, maybe just Western doctors don't don't care, and it's not even about that. But they're not in. Sometimes it's not in your best interest with the way that practitioner is serving you. Mm-hmm. And even if it's not like a correct signal that you're receiving, communicating that to that provider and saying, "I'm not feeling comfortable right now." Mm-hmm. If they're receptive to that, they get a point. Right. They get a ribbon. Yeah. <laughs> but if they don't, time to look for someone else. Yeah, and yeah. I. I feel like, you know, especially in women's medicine, there hasn't been that great listening or permission or example, even example. I said to a gynecologist one time, you will not, we will not be working together anymore. And she's, she's like, why? And I said, you're, I can't have your energy inside me. If you're that angry, technique wise in the operating room. Oh my goodness. You literally want that woman. And I, I suggested to her, maybe you only work with people past hour. Maybe, maybe I'll tell you, I'll tell you something though. If their energy is negative, it's sharper than a knife cutting into you. It's really important. What you say is so vital. Uh, It, it can make or break your trust. It can also interfere with your healing. I mean, these are things that are really important. So that's why we start with sort of loving and trusting ourselves learning to listen to the messages and and not stopping at the wall. And you know as it as it relates I'm I'm thinking of how difficult it can be to listen to the intuition because when I had that conversation listen I had been doing sessions for 15 years I could feel somebody out within 0.5 seconds you know so but in the beginning you know I wouldn't have even known that and I think a lot of that was trauma response of not listening to not knowing how to listen. It's not that I wasn't listening. It's not knowing how to listen because it, it couldn't get through the fog, you know, or the maybe the wall before the wall, um, you know, like those hurdles. <laughs> yeah, I like the hurt. Well, I actually never liked hurdles. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not graceful. So um, right. <laughs> I was chuckling when you said pulling muscles and tendons and stuff. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's You're about when it started where I was like, Still to this day, I'm like, my back, why is my back hurt so bad? And, you know, so uh, can you speak a little bit to from your experience, your knowledge, your education? Did you know that most people work with me as a coach because they want to move forward in their professional lives? And then they realize once we start working together, that is a whole person approach and I am going to help them move through their blocks, their fears, some of the trauma they've experienced and to create a much more aligned life. So many times I hear, this is not what I thought I was signing up for. And that's such wonderful feedback to have because if you're 
signing up and working with a coach and everybody does it the same. Are you really being seen as an individual? At Vicki Baird Coaching, I do it all as an individual and I would love to work with you. Go to VickiBaird.com to check it out and see if you'd like to work with me. Can you speak a little bit to how trauma could get in the way of perceiving one's intuition? Absolutely. So there, there's a, a theory by uh, Stephen Porkist who talks about polyvagal theory, and that's your autonomic nervous system. And what's interesting about that is that when we have a sympathetic nervous system where, you know, if we get stimulated by a stress or threat, you know, we go there because that's our survival. It's it's how we're protected from being, you know, eaten by a tiger. So it's really important, <laughs> but it's always on. And then we have the parasympathetic breaks that help to slow that down. But the sympathetic's always going to be on, no matter what, because it's about staying alive. The parasympathetic has two branches and it has to do with what's called the vagus nerve. And so when it happens is sometimes we can go into these very extreme states of sympathetic and parasympathetic, what's called a collapse or freeze, where you dissociate, you just kind of checked out. So that eventually that coupled with your capacity, your kind of zone of comfort is what they refer to. Um, when you're outside of that, it's perceived as a threat. So sometimes what we perceive as a threat is not really a threat mm-hmm. because at the time we re- perceived it as a threat, it was about getting out of there and surviving. And it could be anything. This is not just the battlefield. This is not just assault. There are many ways we can be traumatized, big T's, little T's. Mm-hmm. But we get the nervous system into a disorganized state. So your energy, your chi gets disorganized and then you aren't really able to discern whether was that really what they meant? You know, so these are things that we're taking in through our senses, you know, the tone of someone's voice or, you know, their facial expression. You know how some people can misread situations or take them for not as what they are. And that happens all the time. That's why there's so many of us out there trying to help people find that again. There's plenty of work. (laughs) 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 Plenty. And and the more we can do that and sort of check in with ourselves, the more we attune to our senses and first and foremost, dealing with those traumas and the past experiences. And I'm not just talking about ours, but it goes back to our ancestors. So it really, it we carry it with us in our genes, we may have it from things we experience or, or lessons we have in this life, you know what I mean? But we have to deal with them. And when we mistake, uh, we can misunderstand all the time. That's why it's so hard because people say, I, I see, like, I think you mentioned an episode about not seeing everything as a sign. I love that because, and, yeah. and I refer to that because I agree with you. Not everything is a sign. Sometimes it can be just what it is. And sometimes it's you interfering. We get in our own way. We do. We're cute like that. Yeah. <laughs> we, re- we really are. Thank you for that, because I feel like the more information we have, just the more education and the more you understand that your system is amazing, your human system is amazing. And, you know, there's some design flaws in there and there's there might not be a tiger chasing you. But thankfully, it doesn't know that because you could be in a dark alley or it could be this person you go out on a date with or this job is not in my best interest. It's all measured in that same way. It's just being able to, I think, know yourself so well that you can feel when something's a little wonky um, and and off. 
But and, and not even being angry with yourself for missing it. Right. Because everything in our history is school. <laughs> it's education. <laughs> right? Like, oh, that was not great. Okay, how, how could I do that better? Or I'll never do that again. You know, you just you you think about these things without judgment, without shame. Yeah. It's a lot easier. It's all it's the school of you. Yeah. I like to think of it as there's a movie playing and I'm the only one sitting in the theater with this big old thing of popcorn. (laughs) Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. I can adjust that. Um, Okay. What do I have to do to understand what that is? Is that today? You know, is that something that's happening today? Or am I, like you said, am I feeling it like today? And it's actually no real big deal. Um, like one of my sisters says, she's like, I don't understand you. You get excited about diving into the stuff that you come up that comes up that hurts. I'm like, yup, because I don't want it to repeat hurt. <laughs> like right. I, want, I want to look at it and say, can I take the charge out? Can I understand? Can I have compassion for myself? Can I redirect the energy? You know? Yeah. I mean, gathering what you want to take with you and leaving behind what you don't. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm incredibly energetically nosy. I like to know what created that. Um, and not in a blame shame way, but in a, you know, two molecules came together <laughs> and that experience happened. And I'm like, okay, okay. I got that now. Um, and I feel like the more we can help people get excited about that from all the different modalities, because, we are unique and we are drawn to certain things. Um, we are, if we're listening to ourselves, it's a little bit easier to discern that um, and to be able to be our own best advocates and be able to say, yeah, that works for me. No, that doesn't work for me. So, um, and then it just brings more love and more joy, I think. And then the people who resonate at that level, it brings them into your circle. And it's like, ah, this is so fun. You know? I'm, I'll tell you, I'm having way more fun <laughs> this year than uh, since leaving. And, and it, I had to recreate sort of what that meant because the logical thing for me to do when I left one corporate job was to go to another. Yes. That is sort of what's left for physicians right now. And it freaked people out when they asked me, what are you going to do? I was like, I don't know. And I'm really excited about that because I now I'm going to decide what I'm going to do. So I took you know, several months to what I call a sabbatical and just recreated what, how would I want to do this? And I wanted to take that seven minutes that I had with a patient and turn it into something much bigger, mm. you know, expand what I felt like was the gold in the room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That and and there, that connection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to bring it up myself. I want you to tell them what's the name of your, your business. Cause I freaking love it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's, I do too. Uh, it is uh, third opinion MD and that's as in medical doctor. And the whole idea is that it's not my opinion that it's time to form your own third opinion. That's what I'm teaching people. I love it. And I'm like, Oh, Thank third eye, third opinion. <laughs> <laughs> but number three is awesome. And, but I, I love the nod to the medical community as well as the, You've got this. I'll, we'll help. You know, you'll be there to help people with the stuff that they don't understand. Um, <laughs> but when I saw that, I'm like, oh, I love this. Um, so the um, one of the things that I know you to do is people who have 
marketing skill and ability to clearly say what they do amaze me. Um, because after 22 years, I'm like, I don't know. I just talk. But I also want you to describe, like, what is a health strategy consult? Okay, so a health strategy consult is what I do is I send out a lot of different types of questions about who you are. So I would ask, you know, not just what your medical history was, not just the medications you took. What was family life like? What do you do? What kinds of jobs have you had? Where, what kind of living situation are you in? What's your environment like? How's that affecting you? What have you loved about your life? What do you, would you like for it to be? And then what I, and I ask also questions that are Chinese medicine point of view, asking about a person's constitution. And the way to describe that is that everybody has a particular pattern of being here. You know, they were all unique, but we have these patterns that fit in accordance with the natural order of things. And that's what the Chinese had observed for thousands of years. So I take that. And then when I meet with a client, I ask them, and I, I get a sense right away from just meeting with them the first time of where, where should we focus? They're the ones that will lead me there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I'm going to send you the same thing that I send someone else and someone else. It is so unique with every person. And from there, I put together what's called a strategy. So we, we have an understanding of what these diagnoses mean to them, how they might fit in a pattern in Chinese medicine, what the medications may be doing. So I, I again, I want to really stress I'm not that uh, doctor that's prescribing things or telling them to stop things or start things. Oh, that's up to you, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? This is about creating a strategy to say, hey, this is what this means, this is how it's defined in the West. This is how it's defined in the East. This is who you are in the context of your health. And these are some things that you can do to perhaps make it better. These medications may be depleting these nutrients. They may be interacting with each other. And I'm not just talking about Western meds, herbs, supplements. We have them everywhere in the industry. And, and lastly, foods, because food is medicine. And so we talk about those things too. And it's a start. And then I, I dig deeper with clients if they want to continue. And then if they don't, it's a standalone that they can go back and say, this is what I want to do. And lastly, it's a, about understanding how to navigate through the healthcare system. That to me is one of the most important things. Not being lost, being your best advocate, knowing how to say that is okay for me. That is not okay for me. And can you tell me more, please? And if you're not going to tell me more, please see ya. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's really important. So how to take advantage of a healthcare appointment. You have what, seven minutes to give your, what I call your elevator speech. I teach people how to make that elevator speech. How do you make the elevator speech to the doctor so that they will listen? Because I know how doctors listen. No, that's and so important to see that translator. That, that I am the, I am the interpreter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that yeah. it is so that there's an empowerment there too. Right? Absolutely. And then you, you get to know more about yourself because I, I mean, I was raised, my mother was very ill for the, my whole life. So was my dad. So even though they didn't talk about anything in our family, I intuited that, that healthcare knowledge and then ended up somewhat in the field and then had a husband who had many health issues. And they, it amazes me though, that when I, you know, in the relationship with my partner now, uh, the the stuff that's not known about the medical system. And I'm like, oh, you just go here, you do this, you do that, do that. And he looked at me like, how do you know that? And I'm like, oh, you know, so it, yeah. 
you know, when you're not, and then a kiddo who had a lot of stuff. So, you know, when you're not in that space, and I think that's the majority of people. Oh, and it depends on the generations too, right? Oh, yeah. You've got the, the baby boomers are expecting to know their doctor and guess what? Reality check. They're not staying. Yeah. They're leaving and big droves. I left and I apologize that I left, but I'm not sorry to. <laughs> because, yeah, I'm like very happy now. But I, I also see the, the Gen Xers who still expect, you know, to get everything sort of in one roof. And then you have the millennials who are like, what PCP? I don't, I don't even go to them. And then you've got the iGens who are just looking it all up. Yeah. So you have all these different people, but they all still have health issues mm-hmm. and they're, they're not literate in, there's health literacy, which they describe in standard conventional medicine as, oh, they just don't know how to live by our rules and work with the health system. I'd like to redefine that as health literacy on getting the best care for yourself. That's what the strategy is. And if people can do that, they're more empowered. If they're more empowered, they're healthier, they can simplify things. Mm -hmm. And it can be traumatizing, like what you described with your family. I can't imagine what that was like to have to be the caretaker or and go through these experiences with your family and then reliving that right with a spouse. And I, if I'm going to dare say this on your show, if you're okay, I you can say, say, all right, (laughs) we as human beings have a responsibility to not be a burden to others. Thank you. That is one of the reasons that I got my health in check. Yeah, was because what I watched in my parents, and then I the non compliance in my husband. Um, And I, I remember sitting there after one of his surgeries thinking, I got to get this together because, you know, my kiddo doesn't need this, you know, family, friends don't need this. I had a lot of friends who were nurses and doctors. I'm like, oh boy. Um, I, you know, I didn't want that conundrum for them. And I have said that to many people that this is, you not only do it to yourself, but it is a burden. I hugged so many surgeons that freaked them right the hell out. But I, I, sure it did before or during surgery. Did you? Usually after. Okay. Okay. Or in in one instance where there was just nothing she could do, and and she she's a surgeon. She wanted to fix it, and I said, "You are done here. It can't. He's not compliant, and if the writing's on the wall." His body won't make it through another surgery. So, and she's like, but, but, and I just gave her a great big hug and the nurses were hysterical in the CCU because they were like, she got another one. She needed that hug that day. I think she did. And yeah. then, you know, his main surgeon, he was just distraught because he's like, I, I have hands. God gave me a gift in my hands. And I said, but you can't do it for another person. We cannot change anyone else but ourselves, period. It ends there. Yeah. And the poor guy was like, he didn't, they, the palliative care um, doctor came by and, you know, kind of caseworker doctor. And she's like, we can't tell if you're this well adjusted or in denial. I said, I promise you I'm not in denial. I said, but you don't need to go home with this guilt, this blame when I've been with him for this many years. And I say it right in front of my husband. I mean, he knew. I'm like, yeah, he's so non-compliant. It's just not not going to work, you know. So he was compliant in the fact that he didn't want to be here physically. He did a good job. So let's honor that. Right. So this not being a burden on others is 
sometimes a way to inspire people to get their shit together. It it is. And in in I my passion is is finding that key, you know, helping people to find that key to unlock what stops them from yeah, not being a burden because it's not you can't sometimes it's not even verbal that we can communicate that to people. Yeah. And if we say that, like that's why I ask if I can dare say it, when we say it, uh, it, people can take offense to it quite quite a bit. And it's like, how dare you tell me yeah. that I shouldn't be a burden to others? Look at what I'm suffering. Yeah. I said, but that's not the point. The yeah. point is, is that is our goal. Yeah. You know, not to burden our family members, our loved ones, our communities. Yeah. And to feel that individual light up joy. You know, I, I have said to people, I've been there for many births. I agree. It's a lot of fun. The room is packed with spirit activity. Um, and I've been there for a lot that have passed. And um, I'm just not committed enough to doula anything. It takes too long. Um, but, you know, I'll absolutely be there. And I, one, a couple of things I've said to people, hopefully gently, but not always. Um, listen, you came in for your soul's journey. Like not to necessarily lean on someone else's journey. So what is your soul's journey? And let's see if we can help you there and then interact with others and then be the joy in others' lives. But it's not about guilt. It's about truth that, you know, this is this is not our, I guess, initial contract with each other to to be that that burden. Yeah, it, it did dawn on me about. 15 years into the marriage, I'm like, aha, they say you marry one of your parents. Hello, mom. Oh, no. (laughs) I know that used to be my line at parties when I studied psychiatry. It's all about your mother. (laughs) But it and and a lot of times it is, but it's still it's still a fun joke. (laughs) It is. As a mom, I'm like, I I used to say to my kids, maybe it's fine. I don't know. Maybe this is the irreverent humor. I'm like, listen, we have to keep therapists in business. I some of the stuff that you'll have to recover from <laughs> with me as a mom is to just keep the model moving along. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can check in with them, but let's not. Um, so thank you so much. I feel like we touched on so many different points that this is one of those episodes I'm going to get notes on. I had to listen a couple times. To let everything <laughs> soak in. It's a compliment. Um, to let everything soak in. And, and I so appreciate that you, well, you had the time, um, but that you're also, you know, having, bringing this work out into the world because it speaks to you, not necessarily just because we have, we have a need for it, but that it speaks to you because that's that alignment, right? So I so appreciate that you've come into our universe, Vicki Baird universe. <laughs> Thank you, Vicki Baird. <laughs> I know I'm really, I'm really honored to be here. And if it's okay, I, I if people want to listen, I'm, I'm going to be telling more stories like this. So I, I want to share that too. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And also on your own podcast, which I will put in the show notes, so people have that that easy click. I like those easy click things. Um, and how could people get a hold of you if that if the 
resonance is there and they're curious about a consultation. They can go to that website, thirdopinionmd.org. So thirdopinionmd.org. And just is that think, what you want to know? Yes, <laughs> okay. Um, I just think of the giggling about the third opinion because the minute I saw that, like I said before, I was like, oh, I love this. Um, because it could also be the opinion of spirit. Um, and oh, interesting. The message received from there. Spirit doesn't have an opinion, but they definitely, it they will definitely give you guidance, man. Um, and like you said, listen to the flowers over the cosmic two by fours. <laughs> Thank you so much. Such Thank a you. Thank you for listening to Intuition, Your First Sense. As always, please like and subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening to it. Leave a review and take a minute to share it with a friend. You can find me all across social media at, at Coach Vicki Baird, and you can book a virtual session with me from wherever you are in the world at VickiBaird.com slash booking. That's V-I-C-K-I-B-A-I-R-D dot com slash booking. Thank you again and see you on the next episode.